Now, what are the symptoms of that kind of an emotional bias? Is moving yourself to break even as soon as you're into the profit. Micromanaging your trade. Moving your stop when you shouldn't be moving your stop or when you say you're not going to move your stop, but you do it anyway. You move it too soon. Not giving the trade an opportunity to work. And as soon as you start to see it in the red, the fear kicks in and you exit the trade. That's These are all symptoms of loss aversion. Nobody wants to step back when they're just constantly winning, right? And then <laughs> one thing kind of just builds into another thing. And all of a sudden, in your own mind, you are the greatest trader that, that has ever lived. And this is going to last forever. Yeah, yeah. Understanding that there's there's ups and downs to the market and don't get too down when, when you're down and don't get too too up when you're up. Just try to live in that kind of medium medium zone, I think, is something that I think will help to, to yeah. help a lot of traders. I feel like revenge trading is very synonymous with, you know, let's say you're, you're on this strict diet or whatever, or you're on a path to lose weight. And then one day you you cheat or you break the rule or you step on the scale and you're not getting the results that you want. And you go, oh, well, I give up. And then you just binge on everything. <laughs> and, that's, and it just takes away every single progress that you ever made. And there's no rationale about it. You just want to make yourself feel better. And that's really what it's about. It's, a, it's completely and utterly emotionally based. There's no rational reason to do it. it. It is, you're looking for something to make yourself feel better. And if you can recognize that, and step out of that, then that is going to help you tremendously in the longevity of your trading career. Now, we are coming up on loss aversion, which is probably one of the biggest emotional challenges that I personally have had. And my career as a trader, and I've talked about this a lot, I, I am not one of the traders that's blown out an, an account and knock on wood that that hasn't happened. It may still who knows? I might have some blow up emotional whatever at some point, And then, you know, I can say I can join the millions of people that have blown up an account. But I can say that for the bulk of the beginning of my trading career, my biggest issue kept me from actually making any decent gains because of that loss aversion. I was playing such an incredible defensive game that there was no way I was going to lose any capital. So any of my capital that got depleted came from fees, platform fees, and commissions. That was it. Because I had this loss aversion. I could not handle the idea of losing money. Now, what are the symptoms of that kind of an emotional bias? Is moving yourself to break even as soon as you're into the profit. Micromanaging your trade moving your stop when you shouldn't be moving your stop or when you say you're not going to move your stop, but you do it anyway, you move it too soon. Not giving the trade an opportunity to work. And as soon as you start to see it in the red, the fear kicks in and you exit the trade. That's These are all symptoms of loss aversion. So you need to, like I said, identify where you're at and how you're feeling on all this to identify what type of an emotional bias you're struggling with. And then we can move on to the next stage, which is actually overcoming some of these things, right? So do you ever deal with loss aversion? Have you ever had that issue? I would say it's a good question. I, I would say probably yes. Okay. I can't think of an exact moment where I did, but I would say as a trader, I'm, I'm sure that's, that's happened even like just it probably happens 
uh, I'm, I'm going to narrow it down. So not, not in the bigger picture of things, but even on a day-to-day basis, I think there is some aspect to that on almost every trade, right? So even if we're, we're just overestimating where, where a stock could go, we're like, okay, we're setting it for two R's. There's going to be some stuff in, in front of it, stuff like that. And like we see it turning early and we, we know it's, it's not really, we, we know it's probably about a 1.5 trade or something, but we want mm-hmm. to hold it for that extra half R and then not move the stops quick enough to kind of manage the risk correctly. So I think on an individual micro basis, there's probably always a little, a little bit of that involved, but I think every time I learn something new in the market, whether it's credit spreads, whether it's X, Y, Z, I think everybody probably has some kind of nature, except for you. I mean, you don't have it, but everybody else (laughs) probably has like, I'm so excited to do X, Y, Z, whatever it is that we just run in like a bull in a china shop and you're just like, I'm here, let's do it. Let's party. And then you're and then, the first couple of times it works out, you're like, yes, this is amazing. And then, then you start to really understand what the risk is and now you know how to manage it. But I, I think probably to some level. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, that's very, very cool. Now the last emotional bias that we were going to talk about is one that is on the other side of things. And it, it generally comes from a winning streak, but overconfidence is also an emotional bias that can really negatively impact your trading career. And one of the symptoms of over or sorry of overconfidence is overtrading. That is an example of said issue. Can you think of any other, I guess, attributes or characteristics of somebody that is overconfident? The overconfident person is definitely going to be increasing the risk unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's on that trade where they have a one or risk, which is whatever, $500. And you go, this is, this is the trade. This is the one you're at $1,500 of risk on the trade, just because that is the one trade. Um, or I would also say somebody increasing the R that they have over time, but doing it a lot sooner than they probably should. So somebody that has like a really good week, like I'm up, I'm up $5,000, $10,000. I'm going to go from a thousand dollars to 2000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to risk I'm gonna now have a $10,000 R you're like, what, yeah. what was the steps in between that one? So yeah, I, I think an overconfident person will, will want to do that. And, and again, it's, there's times to move your R for sure. I mean, that's the progression, but it shouldn't be every week you you're increasing your R size and it doesn't make sense. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that would be one of them, but yeah, the, okay. then you have the overtrading and um, and then I think some of the other emotions start to, to drop into the category of the overconfident person as well. So yeah. I, I think that's when you get the bias. That's when you start pedaling down the wrong, the wrong river. Yeah. And I, I actually, in my pre-market prep, I guess you could say, I fill out a little part of my journal that I have that actually asks me some questions and based on my answers, gives me a score of where I am on a scale of good to trade or cautiously, I should be trading or no, I shouldn't be trading. And there's a a range where I'm good to trade. And if it's below that range, I get a caution alert. And if it's above that range, I also get the caution alert. And the above the range is that overconfidence that I need to be aware of. And it just brings to light, makes me, hey, remember, okay, things are going really well right now. I need to remember that I can't 
I can't let that overconfidence start to dwindle my progress at this point. So yeah. now and you don't have to be in nature. You don't have to be an overconfident person to have overconfidence in the market. Oh no, no, not at all. You just no. need your, you just need the market at all time highs and ripping like it is now and 2020 and this thing never, I, I mean, I think overconfidence was probably the, the lead account killer of 2022. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> you buy it things at any price they just go higher and you're like this is the market so easy and then all of a sudden it's not so easy and you don't day job it is it can also come from your first profitable month your first Mm -hmm. profitable month that you've ever had all of a sudden hey i cracked the code i can do this or the very first time you take place a trade and and it skyrockets and you just make tons of money we've heard this story many times where you know, a lot of people, they, they the first trade they play, they just killed it and then they lose it all. And it's that's overconfidence, right? Money is easy to make. It's really hard to keep. And that's one of those challenges and overconfidence can be one of those e- issues that makes it difficult. Now, I kind of want to, I mean, we've laid out kind of the emotional biases that can really play into uh, affecting a trader's career, longevity and learning ability and profitability over like in the interim, how do we know or what do we have to do in order for us to even know that these are affecting us? Well, one, you can take a test like you do. <laughs> that, would, that would be helpful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think Wynn says self-awareness. I, I agree. If, if your account is consistently hitting all-time highs and so is the market, are you the good trader or are you just in the right direction of the market at that time? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think just just step back on the trades and just start to realize like, OK, yeah, I'm, I'm, which is so good. You're playing the market correctly. You're, you're at least going long. If the market's going long, you're not going short and buying up every put that you could find. Yeah. You just you have to have the ability to to just take a step back, whether you're winning or losing. It's easy to do it, I think, when you're losing. You're like, mm-hmm. I, I need to step back and understand what I'm doing wrong and how do i fix this situation nobody wants to step back when they're just constantly winning right and then Hmm. one thing kind of just builds into another thing and all of a sudden in your own mind you are the greatest trader that that has ever lived and this is going to last forever yeah yeah understanding that there's there's ups and downs to the market and don't get too down when when you're down and don't get too too up when you're up just try to live in that kind of medium Medium zone, I think, is something that I think will help to, to yeah. help a lot of traders. So these are all great, great advice. Great advice. When did provide the answer that I was looking for anyway, and that's self-awareness. So in order for you to even acknowledge or recognize or see that you're in a position where emotional biases are affecting you in your trading, you have to be self-aware. And that is the first step. And from there, that self-awareness, you need to take that self-awareness and start looking for rational patterns and behaviors that you're making or even analyzing your emotions. How do you feel when you're in the trade? If it's, if it's emotionally based or if it's fairly neutral, if you're really excited when you're winning and you're really sad when you're losing, those are some red flags of emotions that need to be put into check because they will affect you in the long run if if not noticed, it's okay to have those feelings, but you have to, first of all, like I said, recognize that they're there and then have an appropriate place where appropriate place and time to really 
feel those feelings and it's not while you're trading. So that's the first step. When you start to identify some of the things that we just finished talking about as feelings or behaviors that you're doing, if you're over trading, if you're moving your stops too soon, if you're exiting too too early, if you're hanging on too long and it doesn't have any technical analysis basis to do so, you know, these are all symptoms of an underlying emotional bias that could be the problem. And that self-awareness leads to the ability to diagnose those issues. And then from there, you can then do what Dan was just saying, which was to step out of it. The techniques for stepping out of that, in addition to what Dan just said, you know, having a trading plan. And if you, we've talked about this a million times on this podcast as well. If you have a trading plan, make sure you stick to it. If you don't have a trading plan, then you better make one. And that's, it's got to happen. And that's just the reality. If you want to keep your money, if you want to be a full-time trader, if you want to be a professional trader, you need a plan because there isn't a single professional out there that doesn't have some form of a plan, whether you work for somebody else or whether you work for your for yourself, you either are the, the, you have your own business plan or somebody else has a job description that you have to follow. There's a plan. There's always a plan. And other, if you don't have a plan, it's just a hobby. So pick what you want and then go from there. What are some of the other, do you have any suggestions, any additional suggestions that you'd like to add for stepping out of this emotional? Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think having the trading plan is the key to it and sticking to it is is even more so than having the plan and sticking to the plan your your plan should not change based on if you just won or lost hmm. so realistically i i think that if and i mean if you i mean everyone's had a bad streak and a good streak mm-hmm. if you lose three in a row the next trade you take is like the hardest like the hardest <laughs> trade to hit that button. You're like over analyzing things. You're like all up in your head. And then uh, if you have three great trades in a row, the next trade is the easiest trade to take. You're like, same thing. I'm going to repeat the process. I'm going to take two, three, four trades because I'm I'm up. And it's just, it's just dialing it back. Understanding that, that you have to live kind of in the middle and only take the trades. If your plan says to take those trades, don't, mm-hmm. don't just take any, any trade just because you're up or down. That's your effect. If, if you're negative on the year or positive for the year, that shouldn't affect your next trade. The trading hmm. plan should affect your next trade. Yep. Great point. And we've talked about pretty much everything in this podcast, right from the beginning season one, all the way up to now of all the different things that you should be doing that will help with these emotional biases. But like I said, once you identify that you are being affected by them, there's some techniques, the trading plan. Another one is making sure that you use risk management. If you do not use stops and you're finding that it's, like I said, affecting a lot of different things and you're you're finding that your thought patterns are going, oh, I'm just going to hang on longer and hope that it turns around. You're being affected by some emotional bias. So let's deal with that. Start using stops, proper risk management. Make sure that your position size is correct. Exit your trades when you need to exit your trades. End of story. And um, the other thing is what Dan was just talking about, you know, let's say that that third trade, yes, it is difficult to take that third trade after three losing trades in a row or the, or take the fourth trade after three losing trades in a row. But if you've, again, done what we have talked about throughout this entire podcast about 
back trading, knowing your back trading plan, knowing your system, uh, understanding the benchmarks, getting an idea what the numbers are like, you should already know through the back trading that you've done that your system could potentially have five losing trades in a row. It could have four losing trades in a row. Maybe it's seven losing trades in a row before it hits a winner. Maybe that's what the benchmarks told you when you did your back testing or your back trading. And if that's the case, then you need to trust that and you need to use those numbers and understand them and know them so that you can step out of that emotional bias again. So there's that aspect of things as well. And other than that, I think that we've pretty much like hammered this one to death, wouldn't you say, Dan? I, I agree. I agree. Just try not to be emotional about the whole thing. That's all. <laughs> I, I do want to add one more thing, and that is that is mindfulness because you know, I know I'm going to lose a lot of people right now. They're going to go mindfulness, what, what, yoga, blah, 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 blah. It, 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 it's about centering yourself, breathing techniques, getting yourself in a place where you can have better focus. That's what mindfulness is for. That's why it's important for traders to do it. It keeps your emotions in check. It helps you have the strength to deal with those issues. And it also improves your clarity, your focus, and your ability to just stick to your plan. So start there. And I've said this again on this podcast many times, but my trading took a huge turn in the right direction when I stopped spending as much time as I was spending preparing technically in the morning and spent more time preparing mentally in the morning. And it's no different, I think, than any athlete out there or any other individual that does something with high performance is it, you know, a good chunk of it is mental. The rest of it is technical. And I would say that it's leveraged more towards the mental side of things. But anyway, that was my last thing that I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And there is, if, if you're, if you're in a position again, where you're, you're either not feeling good about your trading, your trading's not working out. Um, you're, you're just brand new to trading. You've, you've only been doing it for, you're struggling. There is lots of help to try to change number one, the mindset mm -hmm. or the technical analysis of the trades. I mean, that we have mentor groups that go off every single month with a select group of people those are, and again, it's, it's not, you guys, I'm, I'm live trading on the, on the microphone throughout a lot of the stock market when it's open, just following what I do, what Tracy does, what, what Johnny does, what Tony, what Jeremy does, that, that could be good in the short term so that you're able to use it as a crutch and, and be able to, to make some money in the account and things like that. But it might not be, those trades might not match your personality, your style, your plan even. So it's not the best situation to do that. And just following anybody blindly is not the best thing to do. Every single person has a unique um, ability to them, right? Whether it's certain areas are stronger in personality than others. They have a better concept of just understanding sentiment of candles, understanding technicals of candles, whatever, whatever it might be. Everyone has a different financial background. Some people, are just starting out. Some people have already kind of made it and this is, you know, retirement money, whatever the case is, you have to find what's, what's a good, happy medium for you. You have to find out what works and whether that's somebody that I just need $500 a week or I need $50,000 a week. The market has those opportunities for everybody. Right. And just again, 
following somebody blindly, following the amount of shares they take or the certain setups that they take or don't take, that that could affect your, your trading plan. So have the mentor groups, find what the mentors are teaching you or what they use that works good. See how you could not just copy it, but see how you could kind of pull it apart, find the things that work for you, incorporate that into your plan to, to build out a stronger plan that, that is more custom to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And that would be my advice to, to people is there's, there's a, a lot of help. And then we have all the free education online and, and things like that too. Even if you've taken it before, go back, review it. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you that even if just a beginner's course, if you brand new to trading, you say, Hey, I want to take this beginner's course. You take it three years down the road. And now you have some experience in your belt. You kind of understand the market. Go back, listen to it because there's stuff that you missed, something that will catch your attention. Even if it's something that you knew you might've forgot or just not really incorporated that into your trading style. So just the review of that could help trigger that one little extra thing. And if you're able to, to improve your trading, even by half a percent, just that could be a lot of money going forward. Huge. So yeah, it, it's, it doesn't have to be a big monster step, just one little thing here and there, small, smart, uh, small, small, smart decisions, but on a repeat process will get you to a very, very exciting place. So that, that's point. what I would tell people. Yep. Great point. Great point. And Dan, we're out of time. Looking forward to continuing our conversations next week with you. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So, Absolutely. And for anybody out there on YouTube or any of the Pivot or platforms where Pivot Podcast is hosted, make sure you guys check out the videos uh, from the past seasons. We've talked a lot about past episodes here, a lot of information. You can find all those in those previous episodes uh, linked right below where wherever the next video is but you guys are awesome uh, everybody in the live trade chat you guys are incredible and uh, for you guys that listen to us each and every week we appreciate you we love you and we'll catch you guys next week take it easy guys